Barcelona is nil-nil with Lyon. And gun to my head, Barcelona wins, but would not be surprised. What if I surprised. came over there with a gun? What, 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 yeah, what would you say? When Barcelona. Barcelona wins. <laughs> that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if the trigger gets pulled. Hey, um, hey, hey, if I came over there with a gun, that would make this soccer talk a lot more exciting for me. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. We have Ryan Wiley joining us later from S2 Cognition, and uh, that's going to be a great interview. We hope you enjoy that. Um, but let's start off by talking about some high school football, Leland, Stanton, and Fort. You were at the game, Fort Defiance. Started out up 12 nothing, then Stanton stormed back, got the lead 14-12, and then Fort blew him away, and the final ended up being 46-26. And I'll, I'll talk about the positives first. Fort Defiance, their defense got it going. Um, you know, though it was a kickoff return with some of the points for Stanton, but they're, overall, Fort's defense did a really good job. Um, sure, Dodd got a couple good plays on them, got them down into scoring position, but really, Fort's defense doing well, continuing to do well this year. Probably not quite to the clip it was last year, um, but still very good on the season, and and that should be commended. They're going to need good defense the rest of the way, so it's good that they're still you know only giving up 20 points a game. Um, Bartley was great. I mean, he hits the hole hard. He blasts through there. He's into the second level quick. Um, he's got to have the hole to run in, because I did kind of watch him run up the backside of some blockers a couple times, which happens in high school football. It's not not crazy, but um, he does a great job. The negatives are Stanton needs to find a, another weapon other than Dodd. He just doesn't have anybody else that he can depend on to make a play for him. Now, Austin was uh, out for sickness, I believe. And uh, even Bab Domins, he was out. And I mean, I, I know he plays in the line now, but Lee was missing or ah, Stanton. Stanton was missing two players that could have made a difference for the game. And it didn't. Um, I, I don't think it decided it. It, it would have made a difference on what they were able to do. I think Austin would have been that running back threat that they could have used, but I don't think it, it decided the game. So, you know, Fort Defiance proved that they were not just a little bit better than Stanton. They, they're they a, a decent amount better than Stanton, and uh, they're going to go forward, and they're going to have their chances to knock off the big dogs starting this week with Riverheads. Yeah, let's not get too crazy at talking about Fort beating Riverheads here or anything. But hey, we wouldn't have said Gap could have been anywhere close to Stewart's draft, and they fought them hard. That's, okay, fair. Um, but you and I especially, but I know, you know, we on 1240, Chip, we all say the same thing every week with Stanton. When it comes to their offense, it's a one-man band. It's it's Will Dodd, and he's looking for supporting people, and he just ha- they haven't found him. And that's going to hurt them when they play teams that are pretty good. And Fort's a pretty good football team and they tackle well. So Will Dodd, it's going to be harder to make people miss. And, and that's a problem for them. And again, I just feel. Made some plays. Yeah. He did well. I I wasn't there. So, you know, I'm, I'm basing this on box score reading a little bit and then just you know, your interpretation of how things went. And it just seems to me with Stanton, it's the same problems they've had the whole season and even last year. So again, it's not coaching. It's just, it's just what, maybe what they have and what they don't have. More I mean, last importantly. year they had, they had more of a hope because they had Lawler and Dodd and they had a yeah, little but bit still better. Didn't win that many games. Round centric. Yeah. I mean, what they were the four seed last year, five seed last year. 
four or five? Yeah, five or five. Six. I think it must have been. Okay. No, I think Larray was the third. Okay, so they were the six. They went to Larray. Yeah. Okay. Well, so okay, so they're probably going to be the eight. So they're going to be two spots worse. But I think that's more of teams. The other teams from the bull run are better this year than they were last year, and that's a reason you're seeing a jump up and maybe a fall down for Stanton. Um, Gave a bunch of good teams. Okay, well they're in the bull run, so whatever. (laughs) Uh, But for them, it's it's just they haven't put it all together yet, and until they do, and they figure out a, a weapon not named Will Dot on offense, and until the defense starts being more consistent, Stanton can expect this kind of thing, uh, where they gonna they're gonna have to score every possession to kind of try to win a game, and they better hope Will Dodd has you know superhuman performances. For yeah. Fort, this was a big win. Uh, you yeah. and I have talked about this. It, it just seems like anytime they played a team that was remotely talented, they they couldn't get it done. And yeah. this week, um, Stanton is not you know the level of the Rock Bridges or the teams that they're gonna want to be competing against in the playoffs and three C, but. Uh, it's a win. They're not against a winless a team. team. Yeah. yeah, it's a. That's exactly where I was going to go. It's a team that has won games and they beat them. And now they're going to play another great team in Riverhead. So they're going to have to be ready to go. Uh, they're going to have to keep the defense. It's going to have to keep playing strong. And when they played Rockbridge, they had mistakes that we weren't used to seeing. They need to not have that against Riverheads. They need to not turn the ball over at all. And I think the passing game has got to be effective. Their passing game has to do something, which I know Riverheads will be ready for mentally, and let's and and let's see if they can be physically. Let's see if they can make the plays. You almost need Fort Defiance to out Riverheads. Riverheads in this mm-hmm. game, you need to limit possessions, you need long sustained drives, you need solid defense, and 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 get Riverheads off the field. I don't recall seeing that happen too often. I mean, here and there, uh, Galax at a time. You know, Stanton did a good job a couple of years ago. They had that good game against them. But it's not something you see often. And in honest, in all honesty, it's usually not a team that looks that it's doing what Fort's doing. Fort's not quite well balanced enough, I think, to to really threaten Riverheads with the passing game and the running game. They're better with Bartley to do it. They're they're much better equipped than they would have been a couple of weeks ago. But they're gonna have a tough tough go at it this day and then even if Ford has the game of their life where they're doing everything we're saying they're doing well they're in it they still got to do it for four quarters and how often do we see a team go into Riverheads play well for maybe two maybe three quarters and then all of a sudden Riverheads is up two touchdowns because they just outlast you and I just Riverheads gonna have to make mistakes I think for Fort Defiance to win but Fort Defiance can be in that position they can you know if they're not making mistakes themselves they take advantage of the mistakes that Riverheads might make Hey, you never know what can happen on a Friday night. Not something I'll predict at all, but it's possible. It's not it's not impossible. Speaking of possible and not impossible, <laughs> I think you and I would have both agreed going in that it would have been impossible for Buffalo Gap to be yeah. leading by any score that wasn't 7 nothing and for that to be happening they got the ball first. Um draft struggled with Buffalo Gap but ended up winning and look, good teams find a way to win. Uh, and uh, Sewers Draft found that way. That was the most surprising score when I was going through Twitter on Friday night, looking at that one, and then going back and seeing the updates that had happened leading up to it and going, man, what was going on there? Um, But they got it done, and that's what's most important if you're a Sewers Draft fan. You're 6-0 and moving on to the next game. 
And these cross-county rivalries, it, it happens like that sometimes. There's been kind of weird games between uh, Draft and Gap before. Draft's had weird games with Wilson before, who they play this week. So I would be less like I, – I do think Gap will perform better against Draft last week than Wilson will this week. But it happens in these county rivalries where these teams play each other each and every year. They know each other so well. I mean, think of how well – Coach Wygant knows Stewart's draft because he coached against him while he was at Wilson all those years. So he goes over to Buffalo Gap, he has different players, but he still knows what draft's doing. So, I, I mean, I commend Buffalo Gap at coming out there and performing better than we would expect. And this goes back to what I've been telling you. Uh, you know, I know I'm the Closet Gap fan, but they just seem to do a little better than you expect them to do out of Buffalo Gap. And you've already acknowledged it. I mean, it's not hidden anymore. They already have more wins than you were probably figuring they would have because they just – there's something in the water out there. It's the type of kids. I think Coach Wigan's good. I don't know, but I just knew Buffalo Gap was going to be one step better than we were giving them credit for this year, and I think that game proved it. Now, can they keep doing that down the stretch? For them to keep doing that down the stretch, that means, you know, getting a win against Stanton this week. That I mean, they can't lose to Stanton and still say Gap's, you know, staying at that level that better than we think. they got to win this game to, you know, kind of – kind of have that step, give themselves an upper leg in the playoffs. Now, while we're talking about playoffs with Buffalo Gap, they need to win this game against Stanton to really still have good hope of going into playoffs. There's still ways for them to get in if they lose, but even with the win against Stanton this week, they'll still probably be behind Stanton in power points when the points come out on Monday. So Gap fans, prepare yourself for that. You might beat Buffalo Gap uh, or beat Stanton uh, and still be looking up them in the standings. Now the season might even out by the end. And I think that will work it that, its way out, but it's going to be tight the rest of the way gap. If you want a chance, you got to beat Stanton this week. You're not going to lose to Stanton and, and have a lot of hope after that. So just heads up on that. But I think it's a game gap can win. I think if they can control the ball, I think they can play the good defense. They're going to be keying on Dodd. And I think Buffalo gap can do it this week. Yeah, uh, I don't know about your first, how you started that point of Buffalo Gap needs to beat Stanton to keep saying that they're better than we thought they were going to be because yeah, was little, before yeah, the season, I didn't yeah. think this was going to be a game. So <laughs> if already done it. Yeah. yeah, they've already proven that they're better than I thought they were going to be. But I agree with the second part of your argument, which is if they lose this game, they're out. If you lose this game, no playoffs. If you, you win this just game, have to start rooting for everybody. Yeah, if you uh, win this, uh, even then you're going to be hard-pressed to make it. Um, it. With the win, I think they have a good chance. And, yeah. um, they, you know, it'll still be PowerPoint watching, I guess, given the fact that I don't see that many more wins on their schedule. But it'll I mean, be... East Rock has two more wins ahead of them, but then they have two games that you're not sure about. East Rock, yeah. even, just getting those two wins, if Gap beats Stanton here... I mean, and I, I don't think it's East out Rock of the... was going to shoot up these standings. I don't think they will. They lost to Strasburg, and and I, they're going to be right around in that seven. Yeah, they're going to be a seven or eight. Yeah, in my opinion, East Rock, when it's all said and done, will be a seven or eight. I do think they lose to Page this week, though. I don't think they beat Page. I, I just yeah. I, I, I keep I keep waiting for Page to drop, and they just don't. They don't. Page is good, so and, and East Rock's not. And, and like you said, the on the flip side, we keep waiting for East Rock to figure it out and turn it on, and they never do. Well, they got pounded yeah. by Strasburg, so um, Strasburg's. Strasburg is another one of those teams. Maybe they're better than I thought. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I do think the gap Stanton game is uh, going to be a big one uh, and we'll have to see how that shakes out. But 
the other game uh, that happened in the area that was kind of big was Wilson and Riverheads, and Riverheads controlled them like Riverheads is supposed to. Yeah, and not much to say there. I mean, and just the same, we're not going to talk much about Waynesboro. It's just expected results happen. Yeah. Um, Rockbridge. Loved, loved seeing Spotswood yeah. hanging on Rockbridge. I w- the, the only thing I regretted was that I couldn't be there to see it. Yeah, I that's a real shame seeing, seeing the score get run up on them. I was surprised it was twenty one nothing the first time I saw a score, but I I didn't have any problem with seeing it. We for radio are at the Riverhead Sport game this week, so listen on twelve forty on Friday or on the TuneIn app or on ESPN twelve forty theboss dot com, and uh, you can hear us live on Friday, and then we'll be back next week to talk about it live. Um, the other big game kind of happened in somewhat in the area. We talked about Gap Stanton. Uh, Wilson draft is interesting because they're rivals. But uh, up the road, again, Spotswood, they're playing TA. And TA has kind of been trying to get respect. And they're, they're kind of writing off that Stanton overtime loss. Well, the only way that you can, you know, gain that respect that you're claiming you deserve is you're knocking off a top dog. Spotswood is your chance to do it. I think even knocking off Rockbridge doesn't get you as much credit as it would have before they got absolutely demolished by Spotswood. I don't see it happening, but TA, here's your shot. We're going to talk about that blowout you predicted in the Larray Clark game. That was maybe the I best pre- game in the state. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. It wasn't as uh, one way as I thought. Uh, Larray had to battle back to uh, get close to Clark there and then beat them. But uh, Larray won, but it was a tight one. So. Yeah, I think one of us said it was Lorraine might win, but it would be very close. Yep, one of us did. Moving on to volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to volleyball. Fort Defiant stays undefeated in the district, taking down Stanton last week. Uh, Riverheads had wins against they, Stanton and Wilson as well. And, and we're recording on Tuesday. We re- we usually record on Monday, so our notes are a little more up to date than you're usually used to hearing. Fort Defiant beat Wilson Memorial also to Ooh. start this week off. Big win for them. They had two big games this week. Tuesday against Wilson, they already got the 3-0 win. They play Riverheads at home on on Thursday. I hope to be at that game. So uh, Ford has a big week to kind of distance themselves into a lead in this district. Uh, but Riverheads will come come fighting. They beat Wilson last week. That was a big game for them. They beat him at home. I will say, I, I was happy. Uh, you know, we, we know I'm a Riverheads homer. It's been stated. I was happy with the result. I don't think the referees decided that game. It was a four-set match, so it's hard for me to say the referees decided it. But I've been to two volleyball games this year, and both times the refereeing has been horrendous. This game, I was sitting uh, behind the the high umpire, the guy up on the stand. Mm -hmm. The far side umpire who's standing on the floor in front of the scorer's table, he kind of refused to make calls on the line on his side of the court. So I just wondered what his use was. Like, what what was he there for? Because... Most times there was a close call over there. He would give the I don't know signal to the other referee and the referee on the far side up high would give his best shot. And uh, I think they were shooting about 20 percent on those calls because, I mean, every time it was just not the way it should be. Maybe different obviously thinks they got cheated and they think more went against them. But there was bad calls both ways. But Riverheads wins. I was happy about that. But the referee looks about as good as the NFL officiating right now. Yeah, I wasn't there, so I can't say. But I will say one of the things I noticed uh, when I was at the Fort Riverheads, maybe Riverheads needs to rethink the gray lines on the floor. Like maybe we get white or black or something easier to see and differentiate calls. I do think Mm -hmm. that doesn't help the officials. I didn't think about that topic. I'll pay more attention to that next time up there looking at the court. But I think the officials could do better when when 
when it's in the stands and it's that obvious, I don't, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. 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 Also just for future reference, it's volleyball matches. So oh, excuse me. When you're talking about the collective of, oh, of games, me. yeah, you're. I'm just trying to help you out. Is this also played on a pitch or something like that? No, it's played on a volleyball court. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but let's move Is this on a to superhero movie. Not yet. Let's move on to golf. Uh, in class two, Stanton's Mason Wyatt uh, ended up tied for second place. So congrats Great. to Mason Wyatt. Yeah. And then Wilson in class three, uh, their team finished fifth, which that's mm-hmm. that's great finish. Uh, they won the district by 100 strokes. So uh, we knew they were in the state. Smith tied for 14th. I know they had other golfers there that finished thereafter, but good showing there in class three. And then Riverheads, they had Ryan Ferris down at the uh, class one tournament. Uh, he finished 39th, but it was good to have him in that tournament. Um, so, you know, pretty good golfer from the area Stanton with the best finisher of the mall with the tie for second for Mason Wyatt. So congratulations to all those guys. Yeah. And, uh, let's move on to the professional level. Uh, let's start with baseball. We can go ahead and update it, uh, at the time of recording. I'm happy for the Nats. The Nats are going to advance to the world series. Look, I need to say something. Seeing on Twitter and all this, so since we have last recorded, the Nationals beat the Dodgers in Game 5. They have now swept the Cardinals in the NLCS. With incredible pitching to start the series. Yes. I mean, throughout. Through all really, games, throughout. Right. Yeah. Um, but I am not happy for the Nationals. That being said, I have enjoyed and appreciate the suffering that that fan base has gone through as a capitals fan. I went through the same thing with the capitals and they did too. Um, because a lot of Nats fans are caps fans. Um, but I will never root for the nationals because of what they represent. Um, which is betrayal of the highest order to the Orioles fan base. But I, you know, for, for listeners, for listeners, that's different. I was never a Redskins fan. Um, but no, you're a Ravens fan who betrayed the city of Cleveland. Well, the Nationals didn't come from Baltimore. They came from Montreal. I guess you're going on some betrayal of moving and coming no, in. No, no, no. I'm taking over another area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all part of that. Your your favorite football team just picked up and left the city. That's fine. Cleveland stinks. As Joe Kim Noah said, no one says, let's go to Cleveland for vacation. And they came in to compete in the Redskins market. That's fine. I was never a Redskins fan. Um, but <laughs> the like listeners like Jeff and you know Patrick, who we've had on, seeing them hey, be Jeff, able to celebrate. Jeff was, Jeff was there. That was really cool. That was cool to see. And I know I poked at him saying, you know, typical Nationals playing the Seven Nation Army song uh, when their team comes out like the Orioles. Typical. Yep. So cool, so cool. But very cool, and they got to win. Look, the Orioles, I went to an ALCS game when we played the Royals. We ended up getting swept that series, and I do remember how much fun that game was, even though we lost. I can't imagine what it would be like watching them win. Uh, That would be even better, in my opinion. He was sitting in right field, right where a lot of action happened. Right where it ended. So, I mean, really cool. A lot of fun stuff happening right Yeah, really cool. And so, for them, congratulations. That being said, um, the Astros and the Yankees are... 2-1 2-1 now, because the Astros won game three today, I believe. Ghost Rose, I'll be happy either way. If the, if the Astros get in the World Series, I'll be satisfied either way. I will be rooting for the Astros. If the Yankees win, Ugh. 
I have two options. I can either root for the glaciers to melt and the world to end, or I root to watch, I guess, the world burn still. But I root for the Yankees, and if I can't be happy, oh, no one no. can be happy. No. Um, no. Rooting for the Nationals is not an option. I can't do it. I can't. I've thought about it. The Yankees isn't an option for me. So. I can't do it. Um, so I really need the Astros to come through. I think they will. Yes. Uh, so that's good. But uh, Leland, I tweeted this, or not tweeted, but I texted this to you uh, tonight, actually, a little behind the scenes. But the Cardinals should delete their team. Let the Braves beat you in game five if this is the fight you were going to put up in the NLCS. I mean, just stop. Your team is so bad. Yeah, I don't know. Like, one week you brag about saying, of course, this is a good series. I told you it was going to be a good series between the yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, I didn't see this. Twitter, because I told you it was. And now now you want them to delete their team. I don't, I don't know. Delete man. their team. They're horrible. I hate them. Fire um, coach, whatever. Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of Kick fired coaches, what about what about Clayton Kershaw, man? Why do you? Oh man, just don't even put him in. Bringing him in in that situation, I feel so bad for him. I mean, he looked. It's the manager's fault, not his. He looks so sad. Yeah, this, I like Kershaw. I really don't have a problem with Kershaw. I don't have a problem He's with Kershaw pitcher. either, but I, you know, I do kind of blame him for what I have to live through now. So I mean, I guess there is a little bit of resentment there. But yeah, like you said, it falls back on the manager more than him. Dropping back to what happened in those game fives a week ago, uh, right? It wasn't, you know, it was a day after we this this episode dropped, podcast dropped. I mean, those game fives, that morning at 6.30 and seeing the Cardinals absolutely dominate the Braves was shocking. But then for the Nationals to get in that game, be behind, I went to sleep. I said, well, that's a shame. Went to sleep, woke up. And I mean, I think I texted you first thing I saw was like, Oh my goodness! They want like how did you know? That's yeah, awesome. I I realized you had went to sleep when I was texting and you stopped responding, which was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because that was the first of my long weekend. Uh, was going to be that next day, but yeah, it's just it's frustrating. But oh yeah. well. I'm happy for the Nats completely. I'm I'm cheering them on. I was clapping during uh, dinner tonight, watching them go up uh, so big early. Hopefully, they can hold that lead and take care of the series in this game. Um, but either way, I mean. Only once has the team come back from 3-0, so I'm not too worried about that. Hopefully, this isn't the jinx. Well, they would have to come back from, like, down 10-0 because the Cardinals are down something like eight or nine runs. It's like 7-1 right now. but yeah. oh, oh, wow, they managed to score a run. Well, they should have a parade in St. Louis because their team scored a run. Holy crap. They're so bad. Let's move on Talk to about- football. Speaking of crap, our defense. We won 34-17. Really disappointed in the defense. Uh, and by we, I mean Virginia Tech. Beat Rhode Island. 34 to 17. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why can this team not beat a bad team? Like they're a bad team. I don't know. I, I, it's frustrating. It's just a reminder, you know, not that like beating Miami made me think we were good. I definitely am not saying that. I haven't been saying that. haven't thought it, but we needed to flex on Rhode Island. We didn't, we had a lot of drops. I know Hazelton had a good stat line, but he should have had two or three more catches and we should have been in the fifties on points. And if we win this game 50 to 17, we're probably not complaining about the defense as much, but it just, this was still a game in the fourth quarter. Shouldn't have been. Um, I, I don't have confidence moving forward, but I know we're capable of winning a lot of games down the stretch, not every single one of them, but a lot of games down the stretch. I have zero confidence in that, but we could win a bunch of them and, and, and just surprise me. I just, I think this Coastal is such a mix-up because look what UVA did. They lose Friday night to Miami. 
So I called that a comparison game, having, you know, Virginia playing Miami a week after Virginia Tech played them. It's a comparison game. I think it'll shut some UVA fans up for a little. We don't, we shouldn't be talking in the meantime. We should just let that game happen in November and speak for itself because I still have zero confidence in that game. But I, I do think this Coastal is just going to be last man surviving somehow. And it starts this week. Virginia Tech plays North Carolina. That's a big game. North Carolina, I mean, they play Clemson tough. They had a good win uh, before that. They also lost to Appalachian State. So just like us, just like UVA, no one's that great. And it's just well, going to be a jumbled mess. And it starts this week for Tech of you got to beat this team. Yeah, I will say this. Appalachian State's in the top 25. So that loss looks worse or better and better each week that goes by. So uh, Appalachian State's not a bad team. Um, Virginia Tech, every one of their ACC games are, is in play. Like, oh, justifying a loss to Appalachian State. Is that what we just did? They're the number 25 team in the country. Do you want to play Appalachian State? I sure don't. I just, it's not. We're not beating Appalachian State. So let me stop you. We're not beating Appalachian State. We couldn't, we couldn't beat Appalachian State in Lane Stadium ever this year. If I'm going to have a standard that I don't want to lose to Appalachian State, then our opponents that I think we might not beat this week. I'm not going to look at a top 25 team. It's justified. No, they should. I'm not going to look at a top 25 team. team. They shouldn't be losing Appalachian State. I'm not going to look at a top 25 team and say, yeah, we shouldn't lose to them. We absolutely should lose to them and we will lose to them if we play them. Um, But that being said, every one of our ACC games is in play. Yes. That doesn't mean I think we can win any of them. Would I be shocked <laughs> if we lost all of them? No. Um, to me, if you don't beat UNC, I think the bowl game, again, goes from possible to highly unlikely. Um, yeah. If you beat UNC, sure. Because then you got Pitt. Wake lost to Louisville. I still think Wake would probably beat us. Uh, but again, again, it's in play. So we'll see what happens. Hinden hooker obviously was the best option he had at quarterback for the last two years. I'm glad he's played the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, everybody talking about the quarterback. He, we haven't had a turnover these last two weeks, right? Yeah. That's amazing. No turnovers. turnovers. Also the Josh Jackson stock, uh, talk can stop because he got benched at Maryland. So yeah. Yeah. He had a good just, first two weeks and then turned into Josh Jackson. I don't know how many weeks I have to say this in a row. Joe was right. Hooker should have been playing earlier. There you go. Uh, Jerry Kill seems to have come in and impacted the run game because it's been pretty good these last two games as well. So let's just keep having these improvements and seeing how many more games we can win. And let's just beat UNC because I just don't want to lose to those guys. Yeah. I well, talked so big, much trash on Mac Brown. Apparently a big uh, watch party in, in the works. So that'll be good. Could get loud. Could get loud. It could get sad. <laughs> I know UVA will will touch it for a minute. We don't talk about UVA much when they win, so I'm not going to harp on them when they lose. But it's a disappointing loss for them to go down to Maryland and just not produce Miami. Points. Uh, yeah, wherever I said Miami, and it was on the Friday night when they shouldn't be playing football anyway. But you know, Perkins really hadn't been having the year that you're hoping he'd have. I know Florida State he had some good plays, but just overall not really looking the greatest. The biggest problem for UVA they lost Bryce. Uh, they lost Hall hurt his ankle, out for the season. So UVA has kind of got to recalibrate here. Uh, they played Duke this week. You know, if we're going to start talking about comparison games, then we're going to still compare this game too because we just played Duke a little bit ago and got whooped by him. I still think UVA wins that game. I do too. I, I think they will win that game, especially now that they lost to Miami because it's yeah. going to be – and i got to be honest, if you're a Virginia Tech fan and you think that this team is capable of winning all of their games, 
Notre Notre Dame, you know, it doesn't matter. That game really in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. But if you think they're capable of winning out in ACC play, then you better hope UVA beats Duke because you need Duke to lose two more times uh, if you want a shot at the Coastal and then Virginia Tech has to win out. Yeah. JMU, I watched them play football. That's cool. I didn't, and I, 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 saw I was fine. It on the television. It's the first time this season I've watched them play. It was on Mass and Two, uh, so it was cool. They're they're good. They're not great. They're not winning mm-hmm. a national championship. I okay. mean, they're just not at that level. They 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 were down to Villan, uh, not Villanova. They were playing. Yeah, they were playing Villanova. Yeah, Villanova. They were down to them, twenty four seventeen in the second half. They had to, and then they surged and got the big win, thirty eight twenty four. Their defense came alive and, and shut them down, but. They're just not where they need to be to win a national championship. But looking at their roster, I honestly think they can improve at quarterback in the future. I think there's some younger guys that are having a good impact. I, I do think they're doing good things there. I just don't think this is a year that they're going to you know, be playing in January. I agree. Um, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of other fun football. You were in Dallas, and I know we'll talk more about that yeah. later. But that Oklahoma beating Texas, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, I, I'm rooting for the kid. I keep saying that. He didn't have the greatest game, but he got the job done. Uh, you know, it won't kill him in his Heisman stock uh, because he can have, he'll have other chances for other big games. Uh, but that was a fun game to watch, like others were on uh, Saturday. But you were right there. I'm sure it was fun watching it in Dallas. It was. It was a lot of fun. And I will get to just the surround, the, the place I watched it and what that environment was like more later in the D block. But when I was watching the was game, it called the Cotton Bowl. No, it was not. I was not at the Cotton Bowl. Um, but for Oklahoma, I, I did feel Jalen Hurts made a lot of really, really bad mistakes, and he got away with some of them. And then there were others that uh, Oklahoma really probably should have blown Texas out but, but because their the defense was the their defense was electric. And yes, down the stretch, he did do what he needed to do, and Oklahoma won the game. And that's at the end of the day, that's what's most important for Oklahoma. So. They, they win the Red River rivalry. They move on, shootout, shoot out, and uh, they move <laughs> on. They'll probably play Texas again if I yeah. were a betting man and in the Big 12 championship, and I look forward to that game. I think it'll be another yep. great game. That one would be at AT&T Stadium, I believe. At this point, I'm just kind of rooting for the uh... – that they make it to the playoff and Jalen Hurts gets to play against Alabama because I just assume Alabama will be in it because they are every year. Yeah, uh, that'll I just be an would interesting like storyline. Story yeah, that'll be an interesting storyline. Georgia lost uh, maybe the ugliest game featuring a top five team in a long time to South Carolina in a game that really nobody wanted to win. Uh, I was sad because, you know, I'm, I wasn't in Waynesboro, but I know my neighbor probably didn't take it too well. I felt bad for him, but. This was a game where they just did not look like a team that deserved to be in the playoff. Yeah, they didn't look good. I I had that. I had two TVs set up, so I had that on most of that time during uh during those early games. And yeah, they didn't look good. So uh, that was the team I kind of had picked in the SEC, just trying to pick somebody other than Alabama. And I was really hoping they could make noise. They didn't look like that kind of team. They they're behind the eight ball now. They're gonna they don't control anything now. They got to win out and they got to hope a lot of other teams you know get the one loss and then they get to play them in that kind of situation. They they control nothing now, so they'll be rooting uh, every weekend. In addition, in to terms of sure they what win. getting in the SEC championship game, I don't know if that's true. It's winning. only their first conference loss. How many does South Carolina not have a conference loss? 
I mean, they they play Florida. I guess they control themselves into that game. Okay, well then that's controlling but their own destiny. But they the playoff. Like they can't lose to Alabama in the championship game and still get in. Like I was, but that's thinking they but would. they still control their own destiny. Then if they went out, they would be in the playoff. If they went out through the SC through the SEC championship game, sure. Okay, but, well that's controlling your own destiny. Yeah, yeah. I just they don't. I I have zero faith in that. Okay, it's it's one thing to say you don't think they're going to do it, but they do control their own destiny. They don't need help. They just need to win. Yeah, I, I guess I'm stuck in my brain where I was thinking the loser of the SEC championship game is still going to go or, or there'll be two oh, SEC no, no, no. teams in it. So no. I think Oklahoma being strong and Ohio State being good and Clemson probably going to be undefeated. Yeah, it's going to be hard for two SEC teams getting in there now, especially my thinking now because Georgia lost. I thought if you had two undefeated SEC teams, Georgia and Alabama in that championship game, it'd be hard to argue against them. But yeah, that's not going to be the case now. So Yeah. Uh, Let's go to the other fun game, Florida LSU. That was really fun to watch. Th- tied through the first half, and then uh, LSU pulled away from there. But even even for a fourteen point game, that was a fun one to watch. Yeah, that was the one game that I didn't get to see this weekend that I think would have been good to see. Um, but LSU is really good. I'm excited for that LSU Alabama game. Yep, I think that's the loser of that game. I think could still go to the playoff. And they won't be in the SEC championship because I think the other one goes undefeated. But I'm excited. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that at this point, but uh, it is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be one of those monster games. We've seen it before with LSU Alabama, where basically everything stops to watch that game. It's going to be the case because LSU deserves it, and we and Bama's there every year. Uh, it happened with Bama all of two years ago, I think. Yeah, it happened before. I I don't I don't know with how things are lining up with Ohio State looking like they do. With okay, Oklahoma so that's still undefeated, and I think having the chance to go undefeated, I, I don't think one loss SE teams are passing these uh, pure bloods that are likely going to be undefeated at that point. When it'll, Ohio State it'll has be a loss, interesting. I think SEC one loss teams pass them, but I don't think undefeated Ohio State's going to get passed by one loss SEC necessarily. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. They'll play the games. Speaking of undefeated teams, Wisconsin pounded. Ooh, defense pounded uh was that michigan state yeah 38 nothing so this just in michigan state's not that good uh they they lost pretty decisively to ohio state they lose even more decisively to wisconsin uh and wisconsin's has four shutouts that defense is electric i love it i oh god i hope they beat ohio state um that would be be cool louisville and wake forest play a game that as i alluded to was no defense yeah. Um, but I don't want to become the big 12. I just don't okay. like I know one, one game. One game does not a conference make. It just bothered me, though, because I watched like the pregame. I somehow wound up on the pregame for that on the ACC network or no. They were talking about before the tech game. That's why I was like, watching it. And they were predicting the high scoring that it ended up being. They were talking like that game was as big as uh as LSU Florida, which kind of disturbed me because those guys are supposed to know football. And I know they're, no, they're on there to hype selling the it. Yeah, ACC, they're selling a product. My, my yeah. goodness. Um, I mean, we're we're on there to hype uh, Augusta County Schools every week, and I don't think we could do the job that these guys were doing there yeah. in the ACC network because it was it was something. But then that game, it went into the 50s. No defense was played. I just I don't want to see that be a trend in the ACC. I know those aren't two better teams in the ACC that are playing in the 50s. I I just I it just kind of made me ill watching it and also 
knowing that it was predicted that way. So. I, I do think Wake Forest is one of the better teams in the ACC. I don't know when you say that they're not. I don't know what you mean. I just hope they're not, I guess. Cause this I goes back to my argument when you're trashing Appalachian State is they shouldn't be able to beat an ACC team. Who in the ACC is good outside of Clemson? It's a fair point. Uh, Notre Dame won a close game against USC, 30-27, to in a game that really Notre Dame should be winning more decisively than that. But my point for that game, the only really note I have, is is there a person that's more miserable on this earth than Brian Kelly? And, and you don't have to look in the mirror for this answer or anything, but is there another person wow. that is just as miserable as Brian? Like, even in the win. Meaning what? Like, they, they're just, unhappy? He just looks miserable on the sidelines throughout the game, especially in the end. It's just, he's just constantly confused and mad, and I'm just, I don't know. I if just you have a team as good as Notre Dame, Dame, if you have a team as good as Notre Dame and USC is hanging with you the entire game, would you not be confused and mad? Because I would. I don't like Brian Kelly. I think that's... Do you just not like him because he beat us when he was at Cincinnati? Or what is this about? I, yeah, I didn't even think about Because apparently that's point, why you don't like Georgia. I just, for that reason. <laughs> I don't like Georgia because they beat us one time. Yeah, then there's a lot of SEC teams I don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess is my point. That's but why yeah. I don't like Auburn. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like Brian Kelly. That's and, fine. and they come up short in big games all the time. So sure. I mean, they looked good against Georgia a couple weeks ago, but you know how spectacular does that work look now? I don't. I don't know. It's that's what's fun about this season. You play these games, and anything can happen. Sure. Penn State and Michigan are the is the big game uh, next week. Uh, obviously, the second uh, biggest game behind Virginia Tech, North Carolina, but. Uh, Penn State, Michigan will be pretty big too. A matchup of two top twenty teams, and hopefully, I don't know who I want to win. I still have a bad taste in my mouth with the history, the Penn, recent history that Penn State's program went through, and I don't like Jim Harbaugh. So this is another one of those games where I'm I'm probably just going to root James for whoever Franklin? loses to get destroyed. I like Coach Franklin. He seems yeah. like a pretty good. See, that's dude. my thing. That's what's pulling me around on Penn State. And like, I had some friends in college that were from Pennsylvania, and I mean, they were Hokies and Hokies all the way. But they they did kind of root for Penn State when it didn't affect us. And so, I'm kind of rooting for for Penn State in that game. Plus, I had high hopes for Michigan in our mid preseason predictions, and those aren't going to come true no matter what happens in this game. So I just want to put them to bed now. I just want Penn State to go ahead and beat them, and we and and Michigan can start you know, buying fire extinguishers. Cool. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> definitely gets fired if that happens because they're going to lose to Ohio State too. Yeah. Uh, NCAA basketball. I think, no, wait a minute. I don't know if he gets fired. I just think they part ways. Okay. I think he's no longer Whatever that means. Sure. Resign, fired. He's not the coach at Michigan anymore. Um, NCAA basketball. The Hokies picked 14th. I thought that was a little low. Yeah, I, I do think surprised. we're better than some of the teams they have us behind. Uh, we've had some positive things in the offseason with recruiting for this season. And we all know freshmen can come in and really make an impact on a team. So I was surprised 14th as well. We're going to be a double-digit pick. I knew we were going to be the worst. But I still don't 14th, think we're a tournament team, but I do think we're probably an NIT team. Yeah, and I think we can make some noise. So I was not in love with the pick, but hey, let's go prove them wrong. That's kind of how I look at that one. Sure. UVA picked fourth. That was another one where I was kind of scratching my head going, okay, I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> They looked pretty good last year when they won the national championship, so sure, put them fourth, <laughs> I guess, in the ACC. 
I don't. Well, you, I don't. You got to pick them Carolina schools first, buddy. Uh, apparently, uh, yeah. Duke was picked to win it. Sure, uh, the team that should have won the whole thing last year and found a way to lose. Sure, why not? I. I don't know. I'll I'll know what I think of Duke when they start playing. Uh, the season starts on November fifth. Duke plays Kansas that night. That's when I'll learn who's on Duke's team. Cool. I guess they got that white kid uh, back shooting out there. Um, and uh, past that, I don't I don't really know who they have. Okay. You're biting your lip. Yeah. His last name is White. His name is Jack White. I'm not, you're biting your lip. I didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> okay. GMU <laughs> um, picked fourth in the CAA. Uh, Seems crazy to me. They got first place votes. Too, speaking man. of crazy, yeah, yeah. Well, whoever gave him a first place vote deserves <laughs> to not be able to vote in anything ever. I, does Dave Thomas from the radio channel in Harrisonburg does he vote? <laughs> what a dumb, <laughs> dumb vote for first place. I just, I just don't know what this is based on. Like, oh well, they got all this experience. Who cares? It's bad experience. They've got a bad coach. They've got bad players. Usually, that doesn't equal fourth place in the CAA. But who knows? Out of these three teams we just talked about, if I had to bet on one team to finish different than their ranking, JMU's it, and they're going down. Oh, they're going to be so far down. They're going to be, it is more likely, and this is for whoever picked them to be first, if they somehow stumble upon this, JMU is more likely to finish dead last in the CAA than win the conference. First place in the CAA, are you a joker? Stop. And please, don't vote in anything anything ever <laughs> you're out of elections you're now a felon uh we're gonna have our ncaa predictions coming up season starts november 5th we got uh, all the acc teams are in action in those first two days mostly on the acc network or or the family of espn networks and they're playing acc opponents that's what's weird but we'll have our predictions coming up in, i think in two weeks yeah but okay and just a quick little preview of the preview the preview preview the pre pre the pre preview is I'm not picking say. UVA to win the national championship there's a preview okay but that first game <laughs> at Clemson not going to be shocked if Virginia Tech finds a way to win that game that's why yeah, I think oh, 14th yeah. is offensive <laughs> I was just like okay whatever yeah. dude like some of I'd those teams ahead of us I think Wake Forest was match. ahead of us like cool Wake Forest didn't even look like an like actual BC? Wake Forest looked like an intramural basketball team at times last year. So, sure, they're going to beat us. Yeah, okay. Who was behind us? Was it Georgia Tech or Boston College? I think it was Georgia Tech. Yeah, well, that's fine. Pitt, did, Pitt, did Pitt stumble upon some actual basketball players, too? Well, they have a, a coach from Duke, so they must uh, – they were Oh, okay, so they got – yeah, that helped them get a few They votes. got Carolina roots. So. Sure, that bumps them up a few spots. Well, our coach is from Wofford. Quick. Skins <laughs> won the toilet bowl 17 to 16. Wow. I didn't watch it. I I don't know why someone punished themselves like that. But they got to win. Yeah, good for them. So now they don't get the worst, the first pick in the draft. Ravens, they won 23 to 17 over the Bengals. That's, you know, what do you celebrate when you beat the Bengals? That's uh, a little closer than I would have liked. That's fine. Steelers, they won. I was shocked they were up 21 nothing. I was putting kids to bed and all of a sudden i looked up the tv screen it was 21 nothing i was shocked good for hodges coming in getting the win there's gonna be tough games ahead too i i does impress me every time the steelers play in san diego uh, or this is la actually LA. when they when they play the chargers doesn't matter where the chargers are setting up shop steelers fans are dominating that stadium every time and uh that was another example of that there was like three quarters of the stadium where steelers fans love it well, one of the players uh, got mad because they played Renegade 
going into the fourth quarter, which is the Steelers like yeah. their uh, anthem. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um yeah, I, I do I do wonder what the stadium guy's thinking. But then again, I was I asked what the Chargers were thinking when they moved to LA. So maybe they deserved it. Uh so that's the NFL. And uh, now we're gonna bring on Ryan Wiley of S2 Cognition. All right, back here on the Yak Sports Podcast. Uh, we have Director of Field Operations for S2 Cognition, and it's Ryan Wiley. And Ryan, we'll let you explain what uh, the director, director of Field Operations does and what S2 uh, Cognition is, but uh, thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Ryan. So tell us what S2 Cognition does so our listeners can uh, catch up to what I kind of barely know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, this could take two hours, but I'll give you the <laughs> the short version. So basically, um, the two co-founders of this company have their PhDs in cognitive neuroscience. Both were athletes, so both are very uh, world-renowned uh, in their field, and they've been studying the brain and have applied it to sports and how the brain processes information uh, very quickly in chaotic environments. And we are... Um, Basically, from the time, for for instance, I guess since we're in football, you think of a quarterback having to scan a field, keep track of multiple things coming at him, linemen, keeping track of linebackers, safeties. I mean, people uh, see these big, big physical specimens, but don't realize there's a lot more to it. And so uh, we're just kind of measuring and can quantify instincts, per se, uh, that are taking place on the field and how quickly they can see and react to things. So how, what kind of test are you applying to the uh, players? Yeah, so it's, it's computer-based tests with a specialized button box that measures reaction time down to a millisecond. Um, they, uh, what we do is these tasks aren't something that we created. They've been in the sciences for years. They just haven't been applied to sport before. And so both uh, Dr. Scott Wiley and Dr. Brandon Alley um, met each other at Vanderbilt University and kind of we're talking about the combine and how, you know, people use words like they play faster than they are, got eyes on the back of their head. And so they just were like, you know, we can actually measure. That's just the brain, you know, telling the body what to do. And, and you know, yeah, vision is important, but it's your brain telling you what you're seeing and how quickly to respond and, and make decisions. So, uh, yeah, just these tasks have been around. We just figured out which ones were best for for each sport. And uh, and now you know, five years later, we work with three NFL teams. Um, can't name them, unfortunately, due to their, uh, com- they feel like they have something that's a competitive edge and not ready to <laughs> let the world know yet. And then we have six major league baseball teams we work with, one in each division. And again, we can't say their names. We do work with some top SEC schools and some, um, um, I can't remember. We, we're starting to get in the college world, but we, I, we can't say that we work with with LSU's football team and some of their other sports. Uh, they were kind of the first uh, college we started working with. They loved the information. They said, man, this taking this evaluation and interpreting results, results kind of gives us an idea of how this player uh, makes decisions and where they might have struggles on the field uh, cognitively. And it just gives them a much better like understanding uh, instead of trying to figure that out over the course of a year or so, they're just like, man, guys come in, freshmen, take this evaluation. We already kind of have an idea of how they're going to process information, 
so we don't have to try to figure it out or guess what they're doing or why they're making certain mental mistakes. So there, yeah. there's, there's different, you know, sports science, uh, you know, measurables out there and, you know, both physically and cognitive, you know, what sets you guys apart from, you know, some of the other companies and programs we've heard of? Yeah. So, um, you know, believe it or not, there's really, there's not a lot out there doing it. There are a couple, um, you know, we there, you know, there's stuff that measure intelligence and everyday thinking. We think that, you know, we believe that there's more than just that because we've got, you know, ours has nothing to do with intelligence. You know, we've had plenty of guys who are struggling to barely make grades at their college and just, you know, crush our evaluation because, you know, when you, you know, what you, you know, you're doing in the classroom is different when you step on that field or court or in that batter's box and you got to react in, you know, split seconds. And so, uh, we do, there are a few things that measure kind of grasp a little bit of what we do. We kind of broadened out and really, um, you know, Brandon's, uh, Ali, Dr. Ali's specialty is kind of, uh, the, the processing. So as soon as your eyes see something from there, your, your brain starts to, um, you know, predict, you know, what it is you're seeing, how quickly you can see something, you know, where something's going. And then from there, it kind of goes into the kind of the, um, you know, quick, thinking or, well, it's kind of hard to do that so quickly, but it, your, your brain is, is, you know, putting it together. And then from there, you're, it's telling your body what to do. And that's kind of where, where Scott, where it's kind of unique because Scott picks up there and then kind of like is how you control your impulses and, uh, shield distractions and improvise. And, you know, if this happens, what do you do here and how many things can you load at once? And so there's a lot going on. So they kind of cover the whole spectrum and that that's where they got each got these tasks. So each each evaluation has about eight tasks that we measure. Uh, the other ones that are out there are just a couple of them or kind of um, not as in-depth as ours. And what we've heard from players, they feel like ours is uh, pretty tough and uh, much more covers a lot more than some of the other ones do. So well, that's going to be pretty cool. I know, I know our listeners would probably like to know what teams you guys are working with, but I know you said you can't share it, but that's got to be cool for you guys to know that the reason they don't want you to share it is because they feel like they have an advantage. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they're, um, they definitely are, are starting to, and that's the other thing. So even though we're still kind of a young, young company, we're, you know, we're four years deep with some of these baseball, especially these baseball teams and they're finding some really strong correlations with some of our tasks with like chase rates and, you know, on base percentage and stuff like that. And they, they kind of keep that within themselves. We've done some, some of our own analytics and, um, you know, are starting to see that, you know, the better players are have, you know, some pretty higher cognitive skills, especially in baseball, when you get drafted, you know, you're not going straight to the, the big show, you're starting at rookie ball, then you've got like eight levels. And we know that the speed of the game or the, the quality of the pitching gets better and better. And so, um, the guys with the higher cognitive skills we're seeing are climbing up, um, the ladder a little more. And in football, you know, it's, it's true. You know, you got all these, you go to the combine, you see all these huge physical specimens that are just, you know, fast, strong. I mean, but the, all of them are. And so, you know, we, we feel like this is kind of like a combine for your, your brain and how you process information, because, you know, you look at two guys, standing next to each other. They look the same. They run the same. They, everything's the same, but you, one guy has higher cognitive skills than the other guy. Then, you know, the teams feel like it's, it's kind of a confirmation or just kind of like, you know, helps them, especially in that draft when, you know, these guys, there's a lot of hit, hit or misses as, as we know. 
yeah. talk about some of like uh, some of the measurable like the results that you're getting. You know, maybe I don't know how specific you can get, but like draft picks or um, in baseball or football. You know, talk about some of the success you've seen and and how it's made a difference in teams have drafted. So I I can say without naming names that three of the four um, remaining teams last year in football playoffs we had tested the quarterbacks and they all had all three of the four had had high scores. And so we can't name them, but um, yeah. And so we've, we're already seeing most of the guys now in football. It's a little different because, you know, they all take the same evaluation, but every position, totally different cognitive demands, you know, your, your quarterbacks, your linebackers and your safeties all have to see much more than like your, your D and offensive line or your, you know, your running backs and, and wide receivers. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of hard to really get a good understanding of certain positions. Obviously the, the positions in the center of the field, our, our teams feel like, man, it's just phenomenal. Although, you know, they just think you, man, if you've got higher cognitive skills, you're just going to be at an advantage. And, you know, even, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be, you know, successful, obviously, because if you're, you know, six, eight, two fifty, you know, two fifty, and you're running a four, 540. I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some things that you can't, we're just, we just feel like we're one piece of the puzzle and another, you know, check, you know, check off the checklist. We think it's pretty important to have, you know, obviously the physical uh, mechanical skills, and then obviously the, you know, psychological, which we don't mess with, but then the cognitive, we think is a pretty big, you know, a big piece of the the puzzle when you're evaluating players. Well, uh, we'll move it away from the business and talk about you personally now. Uh, what are some of these teams you follow? Leland's put two on this list. One is okay. The other one is absolutely not. But I'll go ahead and tell us about your <laughs> fandoms that you and the teams you follow. So I am from California. So I mm-hmm. am a huge Dodgers fan. That's fine. And Lakers fan for a while. I, I It's, you know, they're, they're exciting now. I think I'll enjoy it. But definitely Dodgers college I mean there was 50 colleges to choose from in California I just kind of picked and choose like which sport I wanted to pick USC it was usually USC back in my day it was USC football and UCLA basketball you rooted for I moved out to Virginia I went to Virginia to get my master's degree yes I rooted for them because they were the team that I was going to but you know you can't tell anybody that on in the Valley because yep, more, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for coming yep. on with us. We're out <laughs> so upsetting. It is. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We've had, we've had plenty of UVA people on the uh, podcast. Maybe not plenty. We've had some, we've had few, some like one, but yeah, you're the second. <laughs> so what other teams do you root for? Um, Man, you know, I'm to the point now where it's you just appreciate, you know, quality character, skill. I mean, I feel like, you know, and that's what I love about our evaluation is we're getting to kind of the the instincts as opposed to where these teams and I you still see they, you know, the physical part of the game and what they look like in their physical makeup, you know, is more important to them. So then, you know, just being able to play and being, you know, savvy and skilled. And so, you know, a guy, you know, I just, there's certain guys that I like to just play the game right. And, um, you know, that, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I just more players and appreciate certain. Yeah. So have you seen, you know, being in the business, you know, having, having your piece of the world of the, of sports, has that affected your fandoms? I mean, are you looking at, you're looking at sports a complete different way probably than you were 10 years ago. 
Absolutely. So yeah, the teams that I obviously, you know, root for most of the teams that we, uh, that we work for, obviously, um, you know, thank goodness, thank goodness we don't work with the San Francisco giants right now. Cause I don't know what I would do if we, if we did, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I always, well, try you could go for... pick it out of the ocean if you needed to. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No. So, you know, you know, you, you, when you, when you go and travel and meet all these people, man, it's obviously you, you, there's certain guys who are just as humble and like, hardworking, do anything for you. You just kind of root for certain guys. There's plenty of guys that you just, there are upstanding quality guys um, in all the sports that you just kind of stick out that you're like, man, what a, I mean, good dude. I mean, so I, I, yeah, so it's teams and certain players, you know, I'm starting to root for, especially the guys with the high cognitive skills. I'm definitely rooting for. And it's like a fantasy leg up right there, isn't it? uh, Playing fantasy football. I mean, you're getting all the, (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> am i allowed to show i don't know if i'm allowed to show that um, yeah you yeah. that's probably just sharing for your fantasy group that you're not uh they don't know what to do you're, you're probably just working with people don't know what you do so yeah no a couple of them definitely a couple of them do and you know i try not to let that like over uh <laughs> you know cloud my vision over picks and stuff but some of the guys in my teams are like hey would you, how, how'd the combine go? You know, what, what guys scored really well. And I know they're doing that for, for purely fantasy reasons. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Ryan, we'll get you out of here on a question. We like to ask everyone we interview, uh, what are you binge watching on Netflix or what, what are some TV shows that maybe on TV, regular cable TV that you're watching that you think our audience needs to know about? That they need to know about? Yeah. That you enjoy Jeez, watching. I'm, well, I, I'm a huge, I mean, I, I, I'm not one to really binge new shows. I like to stick to my, my guns, the office and parks and rec are two of my favorites. I can always, uh, I, although I, I do really enjoy the stranger things. I really got a kick out of that and have enjoyed watching that. Um, other than that, uh, man, I, you know, even, yeah, never, I'll, I'll keep the other one private it's a, it's a little more risque than than normal but <laughs> jeez I mean, we talk about it's, R-rated, it's, uh, R-rated shows okay here. so it's always sunny in philadelphia yes it, yeah yeah okay okay yeah okay we're good you worried me there <laughs> well remember i was an elementary pe teacher so i don't want any of my kids knowing that i'm watching shows that are a little <laughs> raunchy <laughs> no you're risque fine. was yeah. probably the wrong word <laughs> Yeah, but all of those are very good shows. Uh, I mean, Leland and I talk about The Office. It feels like every week on here, so I mean, that's going to be a big hit. But that's the new uh, thing on Friday nights, I'm trying to slip Office references into my uh, in my football analysis. So yeah, dude, you, yeah, <laughs> that that is that, that's gold right there. What about you guys? What are your shows? Go to shows? The Ooh. Office is the most talked about one on here. Um, the newer show. I mean, I always talk about Justified. That's not newer, but. Uh, I, uh, the funny thing with him, I said, I was talking about how, uh, Mar- Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is awesome. I don't know if you've watched that, but he asked mm-hmm. me if that was a, a superhero show and that, that got me laughing pretty that good. It sounded like a superhero show. Apparently it's of, not. Um, <laughs> they're just using the word Marvel to grab. People. Yeah. That's, yeah, I right? think that's yeah. a smart strategy. Yeah. <laughs> that's gotta too, be what it so. is, but started the new season yet, but, uh, that's a good show on Netflix. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, Ryan, we thank you for coming on with us. Um, we might check in with you at some point, and uh, maybe we'll, and you and I keep tabs enough that uh, if something, if you start being able to, you know, actually t- tell us what you 
teams that really do work for or something. That would be good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting what you do. Thanks for coming on, explaining it to us. Uh, real quick, I mean, I, I guess we should have led with this, but uh, yeah, you you taught around here. Uh, I guess talk about your background and why I know you and why why people in our area uh, would be able to connect with you. Yeah, so I, I taught, I, well, after University of Virginia, I came over and got a teaching job at Westwood Elementary School in Waynesboro, yeah. and uh, c- coached a little bit, and we basically taught there for about six years, and met you through a teacher's that I taught with, and, and kind of connected there, and um, and then my brother, who kind of was one of the co-founders of the company, had, had pretty much said, hey, we're getting we're getting too, we're getting too much, too much traffic here with this, this new company. Would you be interested in joining? So I, you know, it was hard to move because I loved being in, in the Valley and much, you know, slower paced and uh, great place centrally located to so many areas, the beach, the mountains, I mean, wherever you want to go. So, uh, but, you know, being close to my brother, working with him and talking, you know, talking sports all day long, you know, I, he had me sold, so we're here Living now in Nashville. Yeah, yeah in, in Nashville, um, Tennessee. So I miss it, and I, I plan to come back out at some point soon. But we have a one and three year old, so as soon as they're <laughs> car ready for an eight hour trip, we'll be we'll be heading out. <laughs> well, awesome, Ron. Thanks for coming on with us. We look forward to hearing big things from S two Cognition. Uh, we'll tweet out uh, the link to your site, and uh, we look forward to hearing big things from you guys. Awesome, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. And again, we'd like to thank Ryan Wiley for joining us from S2 Cognition. Uh, very cool stuff. And yeah. uh, uh, that's really cool. I, I would love to talk to him more about that. That just seems like a really cool thing. Uh, it, it just blows my mind that like this dude was just living in Waynesboro and like I, I, I know him and he's just a normal dude. And then all of a sudden he just picks up, moves his family to Nashville and he's doing this like next level evaluations of players. As he explained, I just, I think it's cool that he a has the background and has the knowledge and had the opportunity, but, but B um, that he just took that shot, you know, like he has wife. I think at that time he just had a wife, but still kids were in the, in the mindset of what they were doing and for him just to pick up and go do that. I think that's so cool. And I mean, that's what America's built on is taking chances and, and they're, they're succeeding. And I think that's awesome. Cool. Very cool. Cool. Um, Leland, let's. That, that wasn't a dismissive cool. That was just a cool. Let's move on, right? That was a. It is very cool, and I've got <laughs> nothing to add. So, uh, let's What's go to what is life? dominating your life. Yeah, I binged Barry from HBO over the last two weeks, and uh, we we tried it. Uh, both Stephanie and I were watching the first episode. She fell asleep. It wasn't grabbing her like it grabbed me. And so I kind of had some late nights between then where she'd fall asleep and I'd turn on Barry. And I, I love Bill Hader from his Saturday Night Live days. Uh, that's why we tried the shows, because uh, my wife does too. This wasn't him in his goofy role. I mean, there was there's yeah. jokes, there's funniness to it. But it's a dark comedy where uh, this guy's a hitman and uh, he's been been doing that. He has a military background and then he comes back and uh, he's being hired to uh, to knock people off. And uh, then he goes to L.A. and in the process of one of his hits winds up in an acting class and it just grabs him. And it's like something he's missed out on. And he's a terrible actor. 
especially at the beginning. Um, and but it's just funny the the characters around them are all crazy, and they're it's I'm sure very uh, you know behind the scenes. I, I'm sure the people writing the show they know L.A. They know those people that are trying to be actors, trying to get their chance, doing these theater things to try to better themselves. So I'm I'm sure it's very you know behind the scenes of it, and it's funny. I like the show. There's funniness to it. Sure, it's a dark comedy because there's lots of murdering happening, uh, but it's it's funny, and I like Bill Hader's character in it. Also, um, the Fonz, he's in it, so you, you gotta like that. And uh, he his character's great, and he plays a major role in it. So I, I really like the show. There's a lot of funniness to it, and uh, it's always always moving. It doesn't get stuck in a spot too long. You you know you think you're dealing with a major problem, and within the next episode and a half, you're on to a new major problem. And I really enjoyed that. Two seasons of it. So far, I know a third season's coming, and it's not the greatest thing I've ever watched. I don't like run out and say Leland said I had to watch the greatest thing. It's, uh, but it's very enjoyable, and I, it's different. It's not the same old stuff that you're used to seeing, and uh, that's what I'm kind of into lately. Is trying to find these shows that are just a little bit different, and uh, this was one of them. And, and I enjoyed the watch. Okay. Mom, don't watch it. Okay, yeah, I watched. I think the first <laughs> three episodes. And then Game of Thrones started, so it got put on the back burner, and I never I got picked back. back up. Season two, solid. Well, I'd go back. I, I need to figure out an HBO workaround. Uh, so I don't know. It, it here's the thing: even I'll when the H, even when the HBO thing is solved, and I have HBO again, that's not the first thing I'm going to. So I already What's, know that. What, what are you going on HBO? Uh, Succession is a really, really good show. Yeah, I watched and, the first season. And uh, Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, I've seen the first, I've been looking at, that. I'm not at sure. least the first two. I'm not sure if I've seen the third one yet or not. Funny show. I like it. Um, yeah. Not I for try. everyone. Not for everyone. Yeah. Um, neither of those shows would I recommend your mom watching. <laughs> fair, fair call. You've been, you've received direction, mom. Uh, what is dominating my life was this weekend. Um, you probably noticed, uh, as I said, I did not see any of the high school football games uh i usually only see one a week anyway but i didn't see that one and other than the texas oklahoma game didn't see any college football uh so other than bits and pieces of the virginia tech game through a phone um but uh that was because i was in texas visiting my friend and i went to see billy joel and uh it was awesome um i'm not gonna talk about the billy joel debate that i got into today with Patrick Height. Um, he thinks Dave Matthews band is better. Uh, he's wrong. That's fine. It's his opinion, but he's wrong. And are you going to debate my point? Yeah, I, I said something to that point. Um, I guess you didn't read it, but that's fine. I've already addressed that point. Um, and I said he wasn't the greatest songwriter. And I said, um, yeah, that's my okay. opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah. And I'm okay. willing, that's up for debate. That's fine. But what I won't debate is that Dave Matthews band is better than Billy Joel, because if you have that opinion, look, it's America, you can have it, but you're wrong. And I've got, <laughs> I've got plenty of numbers to back me up versus a bunch of saxophone playing clowns that can't write good <laughs> songs. They're very talented musicians, but they're not good. They're not good songwriters. And I personally don't even like Dave Matthews voice. So there, uh, Billy Joel is now that being said, very good human beings. I, the, what they've done for the Charlottesville oh, community, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. very good dudes. So yeah. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want it to come off as I think they're terrible human beings. I don't think they're terrible human beings. I just don't like their music. Billy Joel. Um, this is the fourth time I've seen him each time. It's a different show because 
and this is why I think Billy Joel, another of the reasons I think he's so much better than a lot of artists, not just Dave Matthews Band, a lot of popular artists that people like, is because of the extensive catalog he has and the number of songs he can go to that everyone in the crowd's going to know all the words to. Um, and I, I enjoy that show every time. I've, ha- I've heard Piano Man close it out for good twice. I've heard uh, two other songs close it out. Um, and now, and I've heard different openers each time I've heard different songs throughout the middle. Um, and he, he ties stories into them and lets you know a little behind the scenes stuff with each one of them. And that's cool. And just his songs are so good. And he, he writes about a lot of different stuff in his songs. And so it's not all the same. Uh, and it, it's just a really enjoyable thing. Again, 40 Sports, we did an extensive countdown for Billy Joel songs, and I, I will, after being at the concert and leading up to the concert, I listened to all 122 Billy Joel songs again to get ramped up for it, and um, I do need to change my rankings because when I was listening back through in order of the rankings, I was like, yeah, I do think I like that one better than this one. So I, um, it's a fluid ranking. Uh, the number one is still And So It Goes. It's just a beautiful song. Um I think it's uh, such an amazing song. And if you don't like that song, then I don't want to know you. But um, yeah, so I really can't recommend if you haven't really gone deep into the Billy Joel catalog, you uh, you really should. I, I mean, I know I know William and, uh, you know, we didn't start the fire. That's 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 probably my jam. I mean, that's that's probably my my peak for Billy Joel. And uh, so that's fine. So on what I need to know, I do know where you were at. I know you weren't in the Cotton Bowl uh, and you were bragging about where you were at. It looked awesome. So tell everybody uh, what we all need to know about how cool Texas Live is. Oh, my gosh. Texas Live. And it's not the only one of its kind. It's owned by a company called the Cornish Company. Uh, and they've put different Do they make similar corn things around. I'm going to ignore that comment. They put <laughs> similar things around the country in other cities. Apparently, Baltimore has something that they've owned called uh, the Power Company. Um, and I haven't been there because when I go to Baltimore, I go for Orioles games. And I've, my day is already tied into that. Um, but this, I, I want to go now because this place is maybe the best idea in sports entertainment purposes. They have built something that is basically a mall for watching sports. Uh, you've got five, I believe it was five different restaurants uh, that are in this place. It's two stories. It's a giant space that is covered, so weather is not going to be an issue. Uh, there are outdoor parts and outdoor bars and outdoor patios, but the main part is all indoors. You've got five restaurants. You've got about as many bars. Uh, my friend and I, because it was the Red River shootout, you had to reserve a table and you were paying for the table while you were there. You were renting the table for however long you wanted to be there. Uh, so we just camped out at one of the bars uh, and we're, we were able to watch the game and see the main screen. So you have these five restaurants. You go get your food, and you can take it out to one of these tables if you want because it's just like a food court in that sense that you're just watching games on this giant television that there is one game on the main television. You have two other games on a lower and left and right corner. When they go to commercial, 
you don't see commercials. You might see like ads that Texas Live runs uh, to promote stuff that's going on there. But it's a DJ that's there. He's playing music the whole time. They also kind of, I don't know if anyone knows what an Alamo theater is, but Winchester has yeah. one. Charlottesville has one now. Kind of like the little funny videos they put before the movies and before the trailer starts. They do that too. Um, so it's a really cool atmosphere. It's a giant party. Whenever Oklahoma or Texas would score, because Arlington is pretty much in the middle of those two yeah. schools, uh, every play, there was a fan base going bananas. And when a team would score, they would play the fight song over the PA and smoke would shoot out from the top and the lights would start going in the school's colors and going around. It was just so cool. Um, and I, unfortunately, I am a horrible about taking pictures of this kind of stuff because when I'm there and this maybe makes me sound super old, but I'm one of those people that just likes to enjoy the moment when it's happening and see everything that's going on. And so I don't pull out my phone and take a picture uh, a lot of the times. Uh, I took a couple pictures and I sent them to you and uh, loyal listener, Rob, uh, Rob, about, yeah, Ron, Rob, Rob, Ron, uh, about what was going on there. But when Texas came back and got it to a tie game, the DJ was definitely pro-Texas, so <laughs> uh, the Texas people were enjoying themselves. But when Oklahoma got that next score to go back in front, uh, Oklahoma fans hopped up on the tables, and it was a rowdy environment. And I was looking around like, this is the craziest thing I have ever witnessed in a, in a sporting event. And it was just so cool. I, it's, I would love to watch a World Cup game there where everyone is rooting for the same team because I think that would be even crazier. That'd be a cool environment there because they have a good, I mean, there's a good soccer crowd. Yeah, there's a Dallas. good soccer crowd yeah. in Dallas. I, th I just yeah. think it would be so, so cool. That'd be fun. Um, it reminded me when you were talking about that and all the screens when I went to LSU and then we were watching the LSU game mm -hmm. that night. Uh, I went to a really cool bar that day when Virginia Tech played down there and it was, you know, huge TVs and it was more of a traditional bar and right. restaurant. Um, but it was a cool environment. That was a day Michigan lost. Um, was it to Boise on the, uh, or who was it where they did the, the Statue of Liberty play? That was um, Boise beating Oklahoma. That was in a bowl game. Michigan lost that day. Cause then that day, everybody was saying that their coach was going to come to, uh, to, uh, Oh, I'm all messed up with my story, but it was a big day. We can go back in the record books and see that Michigan lost that game. Um, I just can't remember who it was too. And and it was so big. Everybody in the town was screaming and yelling. I think it was an LSU guy that was coaching there then. Um, I just, I'm blanking on names, but that was a fun environment. So it reminded me of that, that day. I'm glad you had fun at Texas live. I don't know if I'm going to remember make my way back to Dallas, but I'll look if out you're, if like you're that. in Arlington, Texas, Yeah. if you're going to a Cowboys game or a Rangers Ooh. baseball game, especially, yeah. You should, Texas Live is literally right next door, and you should go in and experience it. And in fact, if you're going there and you can't get a ticket to the games, you should watch it there because there is no place where you're going to have more fun than right there at Texas Live. It was so much fun. But Leland, what do you know that I need to know? Or Michigan lost to Oregon that day. So it wasn't a, a much lower team, but it was Oregon, and there was trick plays involved. Sorry. So... What I know that you need to know, the Mystics won the WNBA championship. And why I think that's awesome is because Christy Tolliver was on the court. She was a big part of that team this year. It was her second championship, but obviously first with the Mystics. And uh, she's from Harrisonburg, and it's awesome. And I uh, was actually around her uh, because of mutual friends when she was making her college decisions. And I remember just being like, 
Connecticut wants you, UConn wants you, you got to go to UConn. And that's what all my roommates were saying to her. And she chose to go to Maryland and we're like, oh, that's a mistake. Then she wins a national championship at Maryland, leads that team to the national championship. She's won two NBA, uh, WNBA championships now. Just so awesome that someone local that some that played in these gyms around this area is plays at that level. So happy for her. Happy for the, the Washington fans. I know seems like they're riding high right now with all these uh, championship appearances and whatnot. But, uh, you know, good for the Mystics to win that championship. Felt I watched a lot of that final game. Um, you know, honestly, we don't watch a lot at WNBA games. We're watching women's basketball. It's usually JMU women's basketball. But uh, really happy for the Mystics. And uh, hopefully they can uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, I didn't get to see it. I was probably circling somewhere over Oklahoma or Louisiana at that point, trying to land in Dallas <laughs> in a, the middle of a thunderstorm. So it was, oh, that was another experience that won't make the podcast this week. But yeah, that was an <laughs> adventure getting in. But we no more cursing or anything. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here just for the listener's sake. I will say that we have put the jinx on the Nationals because the Cardinals have scored four runs now. So, it doesn't matter. Uh, seven, they're not going to win. Seven to four, but they're still going to win that series. So they're, happy they're the not going to lose that game. Good. I hope they don't. All right. Let's get out of here. We got a lot of football to talk about next week. We have, uh, I think, NBA predictions next week, which will go quick because Joe doesn't care about NBA. But we'll be happy to be back next week with you. Make sure you're subscribed to us <laughs> on Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify, so you don't miss next week's episode. Follow us on Yak Sports Pod uh, at Yak Sports Pod at Twitter, at Facebook, or yaksportspod at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with you. And if you go to one of these national games like Jeff Wright did and he kept tweeting at us how awesome his seats were, and how awesome time it was we love it do yeah, that do it that's a good reason to be connected to us because we want to see you guys at live events and telling us how good a time you're having because me sitting at home with three kids i just got to live vicariously through what you're doing so uh make sure you're listening to the x sports pod every week you don't miss our talk on the sports that matter to you the augusta county sports fan and we'll be next week we we'll back next week to talk about it you've been listening to yak sports your augusta county sports podcast 